Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. If the Big 12 is going to add schools in 2024, what are the most likely schools that they add to the conference? That's coming up on today's Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you get your podcast and here on YouTube as well. Uh, if you all find us wherever you get your podcasts, five stars, please, in all of those places. If you all are watching on YouTube, comments, likes, and subscriptions. Those are the ways you guys can help us out. So if you all could do those things, it would help me out greatly. It would help the show out greatly. It would help the channel out greatly. And I really appreciate that. Uh, I am Josh Neighbors. You all can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys, you guys can also find the show at NWPod365 on X slash Twitter. We will be adding in, in 2024, some TikTok. We will be adding in uh, Instagram, be adding in those things in 2024. So some fun elements coming your all's way. I'll let you all know about those uh, as we get closer. But thank you all for your support this year, 2023. It's been a wild, crazy year for me. Obviously, I started as the host of Locked On Big 12. Uh, some circumstances happened there. I moved on and uh, I became the host here with Crystal Ball College Football of the then Neighborhood Watch, then Big 12 Watch. But still, I hopefully remain one of your favorite guys for five plus days a week of the best Big 12 content out there. We had a great year picking Big 12 football. Big 12 basketball picks will begin this weekend as well. So a lot to look forward to uh, in this year and also in 2023. So big conversation now as we hit bowl season and the end of 2023 and go to 2024. Conference realignment shaped a lot of the Big 12 conversation in the last two years, right? Last really three now, I think it's three years at this point in time. Ever since we got the news that Oklahoma and Texas were leaving for the SEC, it started off as, would the Big 12 survive? Bob Bowlesby moved on. Brett Yormark comes in. Bowlesby was instrumental in getting UCF, Houston, Cincinnati and BYU into the league schools that have been playing essentially at power five levels in different sports, but we're still in what we call the group of five. Right. And then uh, we also had the conversation around, well, when would OU and Texas leave? Would they stay till the end? They get out a year early. And then we have the talk about TV contracts, the PAC 12, would they survive? Now we have the answer, Arizona Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado will all be members of the Big 12 in 2024 and creating functionally what has become a power four, the ACC, the Big 12, the SEC, and the Big 10. And as the ACC and the Big 12 get separated, or I should say the Big 10 and the SEC separate themselves from the Big 12 conference as they kind of move up uh, you know, with, with how much money they're making, all of those things. And the future of college athletics as a whole, particularly college football and men's college basketball and women's college basketball, which has become much more of a money-making enterprise as we've gone along. Trust me, folks, basketball is a star sport and 
the biggest star in college basketball, regardless of gender, this year, there's no doubt. Caitlin Clark is, is the most known college basketball player in the country. There is not a men's college basketball player who is more notable than her. I'm not sure it's really that close. Uh, I think I think people know who Zach Eady is. I think people know who's I think he's probably number one, right? Because he's a reigning player of the year. And he's, you know, he's got obviously the, the unique quality of how tall he is. But outside of that, like there's no basketball player people know that well. There is no freshman that is a Zion Williamson. And also as the G league begins to take more of a you know, G league is, is such has been such a huge thing. Um, you get a lot more players going over there and also international basketball because of how good scouting is now and how, you know, like I mean, even Giannis Antetokounmpo, when he got drafted, there was still grainy video of, of him playing. Uh, the international scouting has become so much better, particularly for kids in Europe. Right. Um, that, you know, like it's the stars are all over the place. Right. The biggest stars all over the place. I mean, Luka Doncic just will not slip through the cracks anymore. Giannis Antetokounmpo's will not slip through the cracks. Victor Wembenyama's uh, even Koulibaly and the Wizards. Right. So like the big stars in basketball are being found and they're not always playing in college. Now, guys are sticking around longer, which I like, but the biggest stars are not always playing in college. NIL keeps them there when they become stars. But. But the big NBA-type stars, your Cade Cunninghams, right? Uh, guys like that are making their way to the NBA. And so uh, that's still a money-making sport, though. And, uh, you know, that is being the, the future of women's college basketball, of men's college basketball, and also of obviously college football all are up in the air. Who knows how many CFP teams you'll have? Who knows? how many, uh, you know, which conferences and bids and all that stuff. We know five plus sevens coming next year, but for how long? And, you know, what does that look like moving forward? That's a huge question. So the, the next question is like, do these conferences continue to grow? And obviously all eyes are on the ACC because we know for a fact that Florida State is disgruntled. We know, for, I mean, they're the most disgruntled. We know that Clemson is disgruntled. We know that North Carolina is in some ways disgruntled. Miami would like an exit as well because those schools know, and I think even NC State to some extent too, those schools know that because of their geography, like I think Carolina and NC State are pretty much, they're, they're just, they're tight in this. Like Carolina's going somewhere and NC State's most likely got, probably going too, right? Raleigh is a big enough TV market and Carolina needs a natural rival. And I think Duke probably goes along with them too. Sorry, Wake Forest. My dad's a Wake Forest grad. Like that, those three feel like they're probably going somewhere together. It feels like State and Carolina are going together. And even if Duke gets left behind, there's no way whatever conference, uh, you know, Carolina and State go to that Duke versus Carolina basketball gets left behind. It's too valuable of a property. You know, Florida State and Clemson are the two kind of money makers when it comes to football. Most eyes on ACC games are on Florida State and Clemson games. Obviously, if Miami can make a run back, I think they would find themselves right back in that situation. Uh, we, will, we will see if they can. Mario Cristobal's recruiting has been great. But I, I think like it's pretty obvious Like you would add at Miami. Uh, academically, they fit a Big Ten profile. It's a fantastic academic school. Their basketball program has been awesome under Jim Laranega and their football in still a lot of ways is still Miami football. And I think if they got back, 
um, they would they would draw a lot of eyeballs, right? In a pretty impressive way. Like Texas's return to being back was really quiet because we laughed at them for so long. And so they're like, you know, their win over Bama was resounding, but the rest of their, you know, the Red River win was for Oklahoma was amazing, but Texas quietly went back to work and then quietly went back to beating that ass for the most part. And we're here now. It's like, oh, Texas is, is back. They've arrived. Miami's, in my opinion, will be a bit louder because Miami was not memed the way Texas was, right? Uh, Miami's Miami was so badass and cool in a way Texas was not, which is ironic because like Miami is this private school named after a city that's like, you know, it's, it's got all of this kind of, it's just very, you know, very selective, almost in a, in a weird way. Like Texas is uppity, but Miami is like this just selective uppity that we don't almost recognize it. We, we almost kind of push it off to the side in some ways. Um, and they weren't laughed at the way Texas was like resoundingly laughed at. So I think because of that, um, you know, if they were ever make, to make it back, it'd be a huge big deal. Do I like their chances of making it back better in the ACC than I do other conferences? Yes. But once that money begins to roll in for facilities and for all those things, and mind you all, they play in an NFL stadium. The big problem for them is they play in an NFL stadium that is far away from campus that kids do not get to. Um, and, you know, I don't think it attracts a lot of their student fan base. And you can watch Miami games and see that the fan base is not uh, an electrified one. They were a few years ago when they were really good. I was in college. I forget what year. But they have not been electrified to a crazy extent, I would say, under the crystal ball regime just yet. But I still believe in their capacity, you know, their their ability, and I think they would go somewhere else. Obviously, with uh, you know, if the SEC could get Miami, they would take them. So if they're going in some directions, where does that leave everybody else? And here's the thing: I've always said this, guys. Like nobody has presented yet a way to me that everybody makes it out of the ACC. The ACC conference is protected by their TV deal. Um, as bad as it is, it does guarantee a level of protection till 2036. Now, not the kind of long-term financial competitiveness that you would like, but stability, yes. You know how much you're going to make. You know, you're going to be on major networks, all of those things. But money to compete, and I mean, even money to compete with like the Purdue's of the world, FSU will compete and beat Purdue, right? But if you're a mid-tier program, it's tough to watch Purdue make a ton of money over you. And, you know, you might be better than Purdue. Let's just say Virginia Tech. Right, but it's gonna be tough to watch them make that money over and over and over again, and kind of put you in a weird spot and bad spot, and not able to compete. Right, and I know I think Purdue beat Tech recently, but like you kind of get the point. You know, they want to be better than a Purdue. Um, but for those, you know, those top tier programs, like they still should be, even with the independent money coming in, uh, even with small amounts from TV networks, they still should be able to. But they want to be on that level. They want to be in that jurisdiction, if you will. So I think what they need to do, you know, obviously is figure out a, a way out if they can, but nobody is presented that way out. Now, everybody has said if they get the eight votes, they can get out. But eight votes would necessitate places to go for every single team. So where is everybody going to go, right? What Everybody needs a landing spot. That is why, to me, if you were to say, Josh, what are the most likely additions the Big 12 could make in 2024? the most likely additions are not ACC teams. The most likely additions, and here's my list as I see it, are basketball schools. Gonzaga, UConn, Pitt, Louisville, Virginia Tech are all the first five that I have. But 
there's a big dividing line. Honestly, you should make a huge dividing line between Gonzaga and UConn. Gonzaga as a basketball only option is something that has been talked about for the Big 12 and been uh, debated about now for a while. And we even heard an article, there was an article I read the last time that we talked about it in November, late November, is that Gonzaga was a candidate and was being talked about and they're still bandying and kicking that thing around. And we have not heard any news on that front. If they added them, that would be a big thing. I do believe what is the end goal of Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, is this. I think he wants a basketball-only package that he can sell. I think he wants Gonzaga along with Baylor, along with Arizona, along with Kansas, along with uh, uh, Houston, right? This really uh, uh, appealing option where basically every big Monday and Sonic blockbuster, you know, the Sonic blockbusters, those big games can be teams involving the big 12, because think about who are the powers in the West coast. Gonzaga is a power. UCLA is still a power, but they're going to the big 12, uh, the, the big 10, right? Gonzaga is a power. Arizona is a power. Oregon is a branding power, but not a consistent basketball power. So if, if you're saying West of the Rockies basketball powers, it is Gonzaga, UCLA, Arizona, right? Those are your big brands. And you can own two of those three west of the Rockies. Who are the ones in middle America? Well, Indiana's a they're not really a power, you know, anymore. You could say, hey, Purdue, they're in the Big Ten, obviously. Ohio State, Michigan State, those are powers. I mean, look, here's the thing. Like, those programs don't win in the tournament. Who's winning in the tournament, right? Who is getting victories in the tournament? Uh, in those, you know, Creighton's as much of a power as, like, an Ohio State feels like in the last 10 years, right, if we're being totally fair. So I think – and, hey, maybe Creighton's a basketball addition because they're in a place like Omaha. Maybe that's a school I should be putting on this list for basketball purposes. But, uh, you know – Kansas, power middle of the country. K-State potentially power middle of the country, obviously. Uh, powers, you know, middle of the country, Baylor, right? They're a potential power. Texas Tech was in a championship game. Like, you see what I'm saying here? The middle America basketball powers that are actual still top-of-the-line powers reside, it feels like, in the Big 12, right? Baylor is a team, if you were to cut the country into thirds, that could still win a championship as competing at that level for recruits, for NBA guys, for teams, all that stuff. Creighton, I would say, is is kind of you know just just below that next line. Marquette, Big East school. I I think with the team they have this year, they should be put into that category as well. Kansas, obviously, in that category as well, right? Either Big East or Big Twelve. Big Ten does not have a lot of teams that are contending for titles right now at this point in time. So. You know, if you're going to own those schools, if you have those schools, then obviously East Coast, Carolina, Duke are the big ones uh, over there uh, that you kind of think about as, as those powers. Syracuse is on the decline right on that side. But like those are kind of the East Coast powers. And I should probably just look at the, uh, you know, the top 25 right now because I actually think it's, it's full of some, you know, like relatively prodigious teams uh, towards the top. But you all kind of get the point here about like where the actual power lies in hoops, the big to right? Arizona. Number one team in the country going to the Big 12. Kansas, number two team. Purdue, already the Big 10. Houston's number three going to the Big uh, in the Big 12. UConn 
is number five, Big East, A power, no doubt. Won the title last year, they're back. Baylor is number six, huh, Big 12. Number seven is Marquette, Big East. Number eight, Creighton, Big East. Wow, look at this. Uh, Carolina's number nine, Gonzaga is 10, so ACC, then you have WCC, and Oklahoma's number 11, Tennessee is number 12, SEC, Clemson's 13 there, ACC, SEC, FAU, Illinois. You know, the first Big Ten team that we hit outside of Purdue is at 16. Illinois look pretty good too. But you're seeing the point here is that there is a lot of power um, in this Big 12 conference. And I think Brett Yormark sees that A package, man. Like once again, I'm listing you all top 10 teams. Arizona A package, Kansas A package, Houston A package, UConn A package, uh, Gonzaga A package, Baylor A package. I mean, I'm listing you all these teams that were considered part of an A package, like if you were to bring them all in. That's why, to me, basketball additions make sense because basketball is still a money driver. And here's the thing, guys, between November and March, you still have to put programming on ESPN, do you not? And what would be better than putting power programs all together in a conference like that? Uh, I think that's why they become the most likely additions. That's when you separate and you go to the ACC part of things. But if you were to say, hey, A package, let's do it. Now, once again, the big holdup is the financials. What does a revenue split look like when you add in UConn and Gonzaga? Or are you saying to them, look, now UConn does not need this. So Gonzaga, that's why Gonzaga gets separated. Gonzaga's big problem is this. They cover the national championship. They challenge themselves in non-conference because they know that when they play that WCC schedule, they're not going to get the necessary challenges they need to compete for a title, right? And, and it kind of hurts them. Like they see these teams in the tournament, and they're just not used to it. Obviously, they made, they made the title in 21, and I think 17, and they lost to Carolina. And they were razor thin in that 17, 16, whatever year it was. Razor thin in that season. They almost beat Carolina. Justin Jackson, I believe. Uh, Marcus Page, I believe, was still on that team. So close. So I think Marcus Page is still on the team. So close. Oh, uh, Joel Berry. Joel Berry, other guy on the team for Carolina. So close, but still just, you know, they went to Arkansas. Uh, I'm not sure who knocked them out last season. But they, they run into these teams all the time. And so the one thing about Big 12 schedules is this, like it forges champions. You will probably have a two to three game losing streak. And you'll be asking yourself some serious questions about how good is our team? What do we have to change? You know, when we have that, uh, that you know, that Saturday, because it's a good example, right? Tournaments a Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday proposition. When we have that Saturday, Monday in the Big 12 where you're at Iowa State, then you're at Allen Fieldhouse, and you drop back-to-back -back games, well, or you're at Manhattan, Kansas, Little Apple, you're at KU, it's a proposition, it's a situation that shows you, okay, we have to evaluate some things. That's what Gonzaga wants. Gonzaga wants those challenges, and they're giving themselves those challenges, but they're doing it in November, in December. They want that in January and February. They want that in the part of the season where it's, it's money time. It's, it's time to show what you're worth. That's when they want that. And so the Big 12 offers that to them. So what is that worth their basketball program? 
what is the more attention of, hey, it's not just 1030 anymore that you're on. You're on at seven, six, eight, you know, uh, three o'clock noon, uh, the three o'clock on Sunday on ABC. I, th I think we'll start seeing some more of those ABC games on Sunday. I know that um, the AAC has had some of them, Houston versus Memphis, right? You'll see that big matchup that will happen. Um, and Memphis school, I could have added onto this list too, but like you'll see those big AAC matchups that happened. I think the big 12 will start doing a little bit more of that. Maybe some Sunday ABC action, big games, big college hoops games, Kansas, Houston, maybe on a Sunday, right? I think you're gonna start seeing a bit more of stuff like that. Do they want to be in those spots? The big 12 offers that to them. And I'm not saying it's a pay cut, but it might not be as much of a pay increase as they think it will be. Right. And the Big 12 could reap and share the benefits. Right. What do we have to think about in this situation? Well, the cost of the travel for all of these teams to go and play in, uh, you know, go and play Gonzaga at the kennel. Right. It's a far away way. It's, I guess, what is it? Uh, Spokane is the nearby biggest city um, to go up and, and play them in those places. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's, it's tough. Or Tacoma might be the big city. Spokane's where they are. But like that is that is the challenge with that is covering that. And so big 12 teams need to make sure money wise, it's amenable to them. I think for UConn, that's not as big of a deal because they're protect. I think the protection for the Big East is the quality of the basketball brands, Georgetown and um, and obviously, uh, you know, with UConn and Marquette and Creighton and Butler, like these kind of like built-in commodities that you kind of know on FS1 and Fox, you're going to get the viewers when these big games happen. And you know, Georgetown Syracuse was just on Fox, right? Um, you get that stuff kind of baked in and a little bit more protect. You have to kind of lure UConn, right? You got to give UConn a reason to join the league. Now, I think UConn wants to kind of start building this thing out. You know, that, that's a program, but, hey, they want basketball titles. Um, and, you know, they can win them in the Big East, obviously, but like, I think there's something to be, hey, go to the big 12. We could run that thing. And just, you know, it's like everything we went to the best conference in the country and started running that thing. But that allure is still, you know, they could claim the big East is the best conference in the country. So to me, those two schools are more likely. That is why I highlight them in this conversation. We will focus more on the ACC on a different show, but I just wanted to mention in there, what are the most likely additions the top two have to be hoops. The next three can be ACC. We will tackle that on another edition of this show. Make sure you all find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. On Twitter, at NWPod365. I'm at Josh Neighbors underscore in those places. Like the video. Leave your comments as well. All right, folks. Talk to you all soon.